0: Later. And welcome to Versus Player, the podcast about games, life, and everything in between. I'm your regular host, Jono. I'm Joe. I'm still Jace. I'm glad you remembered who you guys were. There was a pause for a second there, and I was concerned. <laughs>
1: <laughs> might be that Zoom
0: delay. It might be that Zoom delay. You could be very correct. Um, and that's a good point because we're still. Re- Remotely podcasting, although thanks to uh COVID restrictions lifting slightly, we did get to meet up and actually play some games together the other day, which was uh, the other day yesterday for us, uh, yeah. which was a lot of fun. I actually schooled Jason on two things in modern gaming, which I was quite proud of. Do you remember those? Uh, I, I remember don't the there. yeah, no. <laughs> well, I, I, I showed, it was so long actually, ago, showed, Jono. So I, I know I showed the both of you how, um, how to play Call of Duty. On shipment, the right way. Oh like with... yes, <laughs> you
2: mean you mean Call of Duty Cross Doom the way you play it, skating around the map.
0: You've got oh, to explain I, that, John. I mean... You have
2: to explain that.
0: So I always run on Xbox um, with the R nine zero shotgun, which is like a double barreled um, chambered shotgun, which has a lot of rounds. I think I've got like eighteen, and I've got a shield on my back, and I chuck down mines and smoke and. The people just fall in front of me. It's fantastic. They do fall, it is very they, fast fall
1: they fall because you have a specific control scheme, which is a nightmare. It's yes. like auto-run.
0: Oh, it's a great nightmare.
1: It's an, it an auto-run, it. which means that when you're auto-running, you can't fire a shot because you're constantly in full sprint. And the only way to fire when running is to aim down the sights. I love um, aiming down the sights. I mean, I do too, but like with a shotgun, <laughs> the whole point of a shotgun is to not aim down the sights. You like don't this have to anymore. Which is saving valuable aim down sights time. Um, but you somehow enough, created this wacky control scheme that, we oddly enough, works.
2: But, but, John I get is, better kills with a shot, shotgun that way. Yeah, but your shotgun shoots halfway across the map anyway. It was ridiculous. It's great. <laughs> and it had and like is, 19 bullets or something each time. So you had yeah, 18, to yeah. Reload. Uh, ridiculous. It, it
0: was, and then when the, you the, use the, stopping power. <laughs> oh! <laughs>
1: The meta originally, the, the meta guns was the the M4 and a shotgun called the seven two five, which people call yes. the noob the noob tube, and it was basically you could just shoot people halfway across the map. And it's still uh, people hate this gun, but this this next gun is like, I mean you, the noob tube you could only ever shoot two bullets at a time and then you have to reload. Um, but if this thing yeah, like, what, this fourteen is why, like, bullets or
0: something ridiculous. Up to eighteen, I've got it. So ridiculous, good fun. Yeah, yeah, very good fun. Uh, the other thing I schooled you on, just in case you've forgotten was when we were playing Streets of Rage 4 and you couldn't figure out how to beat the the Muay Thai boxing, uh, kickboxing guys. And yep. I said to you, well, you know, you just push forward into them to grab them. And I saw your face change and I've just enlightened your entire day. So uh, that, that were my highlights for it. this week. Take it where <laughs> you can I get thought, it, Jono. Yeah, but I thought Jace <laughs>
2: showed you because you, you're, you're the master of Streets of Rage here, Jono. You finished it on like two difficulties and going through I know the what you're going to say, now. but go ahead. Yeah, But yeah, Jace, didn't you show him some sort of like super move that was just like a button combination or something, Jono? Yeah, like it's two, double, forwards double and a... forward,
1: two double forward X, yeah. And then it lets you do so, like seems a seems power obvious, move Jono. without.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to be completely transparent, I think I pulled it off the first time I played it and completely forgot it was an option. So thank you for showing me again, Jason. <laughs> clearly that clearly that you don't I need it to win, right? It's just, the uh, yeah. It might help me to get some of those achievements I've been struggling to get on that game because that takes a lot of grinding. But for a game like that, I'm happy to grind. And actually, let's go into this week's topics because I think that might be a bit of fun. And I'm going to kick it off with one of mine. And that's Streets of Rage 4 related. There is an action figure, and you guys know how much I love action figures, coming for Axel Stone, which I showed you. And it is amazing. I think it's by Storm Collectibles, if I'm rightly. I've seen it so far on Big Bad Toy Store in the States. I'm hoping there's an Australian supplier that will have it because I don't want to pay shipping and also not have to deal with 45 days of singing customs before it gets over to Australia.
2: I, yeah. I, I assume you're going to have to pay for shipping, John. Do you really think this is going to be stocked here? Like where would they sell it here? Maybe like at a Zing or something?
0: Uh, yeah, possibly Zing, possibly pop culture online. Um, maybe this new store I've been shopping at called Little, um, Little Toy Shop, I think it's called i just type in little on my browser and away i go start spending (laughs) money but (laughs) it's a very cool figure but it's very niche i would say what see this is this is the nintendo fan in you hating on the sega fan and me (laughs) streets of rage 4 is not niche this thing is (laughs) legendary but you know what i've talked enough about it if you want to know more about look it up take a look at big bad toy story just type in streets of rage 4. um it is definitely a highlight for this year and i'd like to get it but we'll see how i go because there are a lot of action figures i like to get this year and hopefully we can talk about that more on our next podcast the other one called nrg up which you can watch on youtube but you know when we get around to it right joe yeah sorry
2: i still haven't put the last one up i gotta do that johnny sorry
0: okay i'll try and forgive you anyway if (laughs) if you're interested there's some episodes up of nrg up but I actually want to hear about what Jace is talking about first, because I know he's got a lot of games he's been playing retro, or not retro, sorry, indie wise recently that are really cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. I've I've been getting into it. Um I mean, a, a lot of these games will run on just about anything that has Windows. Um but uh but yeah.
0: Oh okay. Oh, I see where that digs out. A, yeah. a little bit a little bit <laughs> yes. to
1: you. Um but uh but yeah, good old games has a, a pretty good sale at the moment that has a lot of these titles, not all of them. Um, and there are a lot of games, like, really popular games that are on Steam for a long time that have eventually gone over to, to good old games like like RimWorld. Um, but the games that I've been running through are kind of, I guess, lesser-known games or even games that are in, like, a, an early access state. Um, so I'll just run through them quickly, explain what they are. Uh, so the first one that I've been playing is a game called Stone Shard. Uh, it was a Kickstarter game. It's in early access, and it follows an old um, rogue, uh, rogue-like, road-like, light, that's hard to say, uh, formula um uh, but you know there's a lot of roguelite like games that are out there at the moment yeah. uh and and this one um had a, had a pretty good kickstarter sort of backing um there are games like uh tome or tales of marge i like i can't remember the exact name of it but essentially the way it works is that um you have a character and every time you sort of move forward the world changes with you uh, if you've played something okay. recently like uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer, Crypt of the Necrodancer uses that formula awesome. with, with music. This is yep, yep. more sort of original battle fantasy type stuff. And the amount of detail that's gone to this pixel art, you should you should just look at the art alone, is is fantastic. Um, it's incredibly difficult. Um, and one false move sort of will, will end your character. Uh, but there's enough in it, probably about 10 hours of content for the early access that's, that's available at the moment. Oh, wow. it's, it's quite addictive cool. um, just just the overall formula of it uh, you basically get to choose between one of four different types of characters, you know, you got your mage your thief, that sort of stuff um, it, it's kind of hard to put into words but it's pretty refreshing to have a game like this come out in 2020 uh, and, and I'm enjoying yeah. it a lot. Uh, another game is Battle Brothers, so I don't know when Battle Brothers came out, I'd never heard of it before um, and for whatever reason, Stone Shard led me towards Battle Brothers, but essentially you run a mercenary company um, my wife refers to it as a map game, and almost all these games appear to be. You've got a big <laughs> map, and you just you just move these these characters around. Um, but essentially, you get into XCOM-like combat, but uh, on a two D sense, it's, it's almost closer to chess, really. Um, it's isometric, and all of the characters are just these little like um, these little figures with a cut off body. It's almost like a token that you'd move around in a, in a board game, uh, but the okay. the tokens are incredibly detailed, and the types of armor that they have on, the types of weapons they carry. Just by looking at them you can tell how much defense as you get as you get better at the game and learn the mechanics like what each enemy has and i've never played a game that um uses sort of battle tactics so strategically for example you know you've got to have your guys up the front with shields uh you've got to have your pikemen just at the back of those you've got your sort of archers off to the side it seems like common stuff that's in a video game but the way that you pull this off is like you can turn the tide of battle in a split second um, just being, just having the high ground, just having a little bit of elevation, not being in a swamp when rain kicks in the time of day that it all takes place. It all looks simple, but the amazing part about it is that when your imagination kicks in, it, it seems just as real as any other battle game. It's, it's Lord of the Rings-esque in its, in its scale at times.
2: It, it sounds to me like the evolution of the, um, Go games on phone, the Hitman Go, um, Lara Croft Go, uh um, what was the other one? Deus Ex. Like, like Hitman Go is my favorite of a lot of them. And when you like that made me think of it when you were talking about the little Absolutely. kind of cutaway characters, but the yep. way you described the game sounds like where Deus Ex went in terms of like kind of the complexity of it, but this sounds even more complex and you got got your controlling, not just one character. It sounds really interesting. I might it, give it a look.
1: Yeah, no, look, it, it's really, really good. Um, I've, I've been enjoying that it's the game I've probably played the most lately. Um, cool. the next game on the list, which is done pretty well is Disco Elysium. Um, So Disco Elysium has some of the most amazing writing I've ever seen in a video game. And one of the tool tips that pops up basically says, don't be afraid to say weird things. Um, And a (laughs) lot of your responses and a lot of the discussions you have are incredibly strange. Uh, I mean, if there's any negative to this game, the voice acting leaves a little bit to desire. But it's been made by a really um, sort of small group of people. Uh, And it started off as a tabletop RPG. And then we're just like, let's turn it into a video game.
0: Essentially is it better voice acting than Peter Dinklage in
1: Destiny? Uh yeah, yeah, most most things are. <laughs> okay,
0: then that's all right then.
1: Um but uh but, yeah, by look, there, Jono. Yeah, thanks. Um, all, all of the combat components of it, health and morale are the two big ones, um, just come through dialogue. There I've I've not done anything that is remotely close to violence except maybe punch a dude in the head, but it's not turn-based combat, it's turn-based dialogue. Um and wow. and look, you you have these constant checks that are running all the time. Uh, You can play these really, really obscure characters, like I've got one that's playing like a sensitive kind of guy, and I found a necktie, just randomly put on this necktie, and this necktie, you can speak to it, Um, and like all of your like feelings and thoughts and everything that come into place, like you're playing this like essentially a, a washed up cop who's an alcoholic and a drug addict, and you've constantly got this voice in your mind going, man, you should do more drugs. And, and like, you're just like saying, Oh, like I should do more drugs. You can, you can say that, or you can like fight back and say, look, this isn't me anymore. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, sure. It isn't. And then you'll be talking. So he's a great example of something that happened in the game. I'm walking around as the cop and there's this woman out the front of a store and she's reading a book and you go up and you go, Oh, hi, what are you reading? And she like, looks at you and she's like, uh, just, I'm just reading a book. And he's just like, oh, is your husband missing? Is one of the questions. And she's like, no, my <laughs> husband isn't missing. Why are you asking this? She's like, what about your child? He's now. Is your child missing? And then, and then she's like, I, I don't have any children. And she's like, and you're like, well, what about your cockatoo? And she's just like, you know what? You're acting like a bit of a cockatoo. And now this story goes in two <laughs> completely different directions. One is you're like, because you're, you're also, sorry, you also have amnesia. Um, one, of the, one of the questions is, what's a cockatoo? And she's like, maybe you should go look it up. We're at a bookstore. So you go inside, you speak to the bookstore owner and she's like, yeah, I've got a book on cockatoos. So you head up the back and you go and you look through and you start picking from these lists of what type of cockatoo you are. And it becomes a quest to decide what kind of cockatoo <laughs> you are. And there's, some, there's a lot of bad language in this game and stuff I won't do on the podcast. But essentially there's all these really cool different types. Like there's like a bang bang cockatoo and just it's the most ordinary one and there's all these different ones. But the most interesting thing is that eventually you can go back to this woman. There's a time, it, it, time clicks over a little bit like the Persona series. And you you say, oh, are you really sure you're not missing your husband? And she's like, you know what? I am missing my husband. Go find him. And so then later on, there's a dude that you find dead on the ground with a bottle in his hand and a kebab in the other. And he's tripped on a pier. He's, his foot's gone through, like, the hole of this pier. And he bangs his head on on this this table. And he dies. And it's her husband. Like, you were just mucking around saying, like, you know, it's, it's so obscure. Ah. Um, but, like, it turns out her husband legitimately was missing. And she was just, like, joking around with you um it's it's weird like you there's nothing quite like it i'm really enjoying so it but i play it in small doses so you haven't finished it yet no 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 and once i finish it i'm going to start again immediately like i'm i'm it really looking forward to it okay. um, i was going
0: to ask you what was the weirdest thing you'd said in that game but i think you already did that so i'm gonna let uh, you
1: know no no it's that's not <coughs> the weird the weirdest stuff is that's not even close it's not if that <laughs> that is like a two on the scale That is there's some really, really wacky stuff like like mind bending lizard brain type type stuff.
2: I know. I was gonna say Rick and Morty set on you know a bit more grounded, but okay, maybe not.
1: No, no. It's you (laughs) honestly you just have to play it to see what I mean. But the writing is the writing is truly fantastic. Everyone's grounded anyway. (laughs) <laughs> you don't, know. Um, I'll just quickly go through some of the others. I won't won't spend as much time on them, but uh, Monster Train, if you've played Slay the Spire, which is one of my favorite games of last year, yes. uh, Monster Train uses the same formula, but it's over three different tiers, and you've got a series of monsters that fight on these, like, it's like 3D chess, and you fight on these tiers, and you travel on this train that sort of goes through hell. Um, it's, it's Slay the Spire, again, just a new twist. It's just as good, and I'm really enjoying it um world of horror is a game on game pass it's still in like a beta mode but it's like this sort of wacky um uh, japanese uh horror game i guess but it's similar to lovecraft and and as i've mentioned before in the podcast a uh, lovecraftian horror and um uh, cosmic horror is going to become a new it's going to become a big thing soon i promise you um there's a new hbo series called Love, lovecraft country that's coming out uh, but there's lots of there's lots of Lovecraft-esque games out there. This is one of them, as well as a mix between uh, Junji Ito, who's a who's a really wacky Japanese comic artist. And I'll, I can send you guys some stuff after this. Junji Ito is amazing. Uh, Quest. Play, I've played that one. There. That
2: was really weird. That was a very strange game. It was quite scary too. You have
1: to you have to give it some more time. But yeah, it 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 really it really gets in your head. Um, Plebe Quest is like a 4x type game, like um, not Age of Empires so much, but more like uh, how do I explain it? Um, Total War I guess um, but yep. it's done in like this made by a South Korean company and it's it's done in this like really sort of easy accessible way if you want to get into a 4X game you you sort of battle and stuff like that uh, Space Haven um, and RimWorld I'll do sort of hand in hand uh, Space Haven is RimWorld in space which is weird because RimWorld <laughs> is in space uh, but Space Haven is more <laughs> about building an actual ship uh, yes. whereas RimWorld is you land on this sort of Firefly esque planet, and you have to try and make everybody survive. You can't control people individually. You have to sort of cater to their needs. There's like a Sims element to it, um, but some really, yep. really crazy, horrible stuff can happen. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it, Rimworld has, has been around for a long time. So if you like Rimworld, you mm. like Space Haven. It goes hand in hand. Okay. Uh, Outward is um, a quite an old game that's made by um, a fairly small studio. Um, I've been playing it with my wife. And it's the true meaning of like janky games. Like everything just goes horribly wrong in it. Things don't make sense. There's clipping, the game crashes, but I can't really explain it. It's just good fun. You're essentially a hero who isn't really a hero and you go out into the world, you can set up camps and fight monsters. There's like Dark Souls-esque combat to it. You've got to eat, survive, drink. Like all the mechanics in it scream like this is too tedious. I don't have this kind of time. Why am I wasting my time (laughs) playing this crap? Um, But it's so much fun just because things can go horribly wrong at any single moment. Um, there's Shadow Tactics, which is, if you've ever played the old Commandos series um, yes. or Jagged Alliance, it's that in Japan. Um, it's it's yeah, a it's fantastic cool. game, so if you like either of those games, play those. And the last one is a demo for a game that will be coming out on Game Pass soon, but is on Gog and Steam. It's called Spirit Spiritfarer, and it's a Studio mm. Ghibli-esque game about um, taking animals to their final resting place. You've got this bug yeah, that cool. has this kind of um, Jenga-esque sort of build system where you build them like little houses and you cook and you go fishing and whatever. It's a slice of life game, um, but in an era of Animal Crossing, something like that will be really popular. And it's just pretty. So Nice. Yeah, I've gone through a lot of stuff. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, cool. It's, you've played a lot. Like
0: You had a big month. How about
2: you, Joe? Well, it's funny, Jace, ended with Animal Crossing. It's... Um, or was it like oh, two podcasts ago? I think Jace was uh. talking about it, and I was saying how this is not a game for me at all. And the funny yeah, thing funny is, I, when I re-listened to the podcast, one of the things you said, Jace, was how you got to get your own island. Mm. Um, you, you were saying how you know you have to share everything, and it just it's better to if, if you had your own Switch. But I was actually thinking, well, this actually sounds like the perfect game to play with my kids, particularly my two girls, um, who are you know. Only four and six, and I bought it. I went, you know, we had hol- we were on holidays, and I bought it when the kids were on school holidays. And I've been, I think I've played it every day since. Like for you know, some days for an hour, some days for just fifteen minutes. But um, it has been such a fun game to play with the family. We um, you know, they they know all the characters' names, all the little um, residents on the island. I know everyone's familiar. Didn't,
1: with you, didn't it. you bake a cake for one of the birthdays, like a real cake? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. I was so excited. It was Ozzy's birthday. Um, one of the one of the um, I think is Ozzy is on everybody's island at the beginning I don't know I don't, no, really so everybody gets two, in two
1: different animals at the start yeah okay so
2: yeah he was one of the one of the um, characters and yeah the kids were so excited so um Ali my wife um, you know nicely you know, she said we'll, we'll bake a cake and we did that and the kids were so you know we put all our characters in and went to his house gave him presents and uh, it was it was the cutest thing guys like it was so I'm, you know, the game is quite tedious, I find, when I play it, um, but playing it with the girls, um, and my son plays it too, and, you know, I'm, I found the turnip, turnip exchange online where I'm visiting other people's islands to sell my turnips at high fees to help the girls pay for their houses because all they want to do is buy um, clothes for their characters. So um, <laughs> it's not a game I would play on my own, but I do play it on my own because it benefits the kids. So, um, yeah it's it's such a like as any parents out there i i i don't know if i recommend it or not but um yeah it's, yeah it's been was, really nice really bonding with the kids <laughs> it is it is it is kind of a it's it's a bit of a love hate hey like i played it just before we podcast now i was the, the my daughter was going to sleep and i'm on the side of the bed just with the switch and while, while i'm waiting for it you know to not off i'm just selling my t- last turnips that i was waiting for a good price but um yeah, it's, it's a cute game and I, I do understand the appeal, but I also, it's not for everybody at all. <laughs> um, yeah, that but otherwise, um, otherwise I've been playing um, a lot of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, again, it's it's a weird game. It's a tale of two games in a lot of ways. Sometimes it is the most beautiful game and the most um, like enjoyable game I, I've played for a very long time. And then... Like, the, I just was playing it um, today and I was in the tunnels. It's not like a spoiler or anything, but there are these giant mechanical hands that you have to control to move um, Aerith around and Aerith around. Um, and is that how you say it? I can't remember now. Um, yeah, it's it's Aries. Yeah. Aries, that's it. Do they call it Aries um,
1: or Aerith in this one?
2: I think it's Aerith. I can't remember. Um, anyway, but I'm moving these giant mechanical hands and then I go to. Um, Oh, with the, the honeybee in that mm-hmm. kind of area there and like Ali has not seen me play this game at all and cloud gets like a hand massage and it's yep. there's a double meaning to it if you yep. catch my yeah. <laughs> um and Ali's just like what on earth are you playing like it was it was so bizarre <laughs> it, it is a bizarre game um I don't like I've played Final Fantasy 7 but that was forever ago now um I I don't think you need to have played Final Fantasy 7 to get enjoyment out of it I've bumped the difficulty down to easy because I find the combat it's fun but it, it was going for too long and it wasn't like
1: can I particularly... can I ask you a quick question about the combat because the combat was a big component in the original game and getting level ups and things like that was obviously yeah. necessary to progress just by the fact that you know that there isn't really an ending exactly to this game and you're playing it in kind of an episodic nature it almost feels like the combat's like frivolous like there's just no point to it because you're not going to use your level ups to achieve anything great. You're just going to get a a massive cliffhanger ending.
2: Absolutely. And that's kind of the reason I just want to get through the story. I was like, there are open world esque elements to the game. Like, but it's, you kind of go to a town and then you can go and complete some jobs basically is what it is. Right. And there might be like five jobs that you can do. I've done, I think three of those now. So I'm, I think I'm on chapter nine. I think it's eighteen chapters in the game, so I'm about halfway through in the story, but I'm only about twelve hours into it. And from what I've heard, it's like a thirty, forty-hour game. So that, obviously, so, so
1: obviously- to, to be able to to be able to finish it completely with all the quests, that that's probably true. I just out of interest, though, like I mean, Final Fantasy VII was big for me when I was younger, and, and we've talked about that before, as as it was for all of us. But um, well, maybe not so much, Jono. But Jono, uh, Jono did spend some time with it. Um, oh, no.
0: And, and I had a cousin that used to play it a lot and show me bits. So, you know, I have a moment. So, I guess like the question is
1: could you just watch this game? As in, in, we're in an era now where you've got Twitch and YouTube and all that sort of stuff. Could I just watch all the cutscenes and I'd be fine? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Like I, I have
2: said to myself multiple times that I just would like to watch this the story is is awesome. The characters are fantastic. Like, I I love every character, all of the main cast in the game. And there is the original cast from the game. And then you've got um, Wedge and Biggs, um, who are like much bigger characters in this. um, And Jesse, who's an incredible character. Um, Yeah, like they're, particularly at the beginning of the game, they're your main party. Um, They're awesome characters. And then Tifa. I remembered how much of a crush I had on Tifa when I was young and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like that's where I want to go with, with it. And then, um, yeah, Aries is just, she's incredible and fun and funny and really pushes Cloud along and Cloud is growing as a character. Sometimes he's a real, you know, he's really hard and sometimes he's really soft and he's got a real, you know, believable kind of character there and a very likable, even though sometimes you don't get, you don't really get any agency in terms of how he deals with things sometimes he's a really he's really mean to people like he was awful to this old man at one stage in the game and you you could try to talk to him again and the old man would just be telling you off and you can't do anything about it you have no choice it's just kind of like okay i guess they're telling a story i i would much it's very linear i wish it was even more linear it's
1: it's it's like fairly on rails like there's not besides picking what quests you do it's just Yeah, Yeah. I'm
2: doing everything, like I'm doing all those side quests, but I don't need to do all the side quests, Okay, but um, I'm really enjoying it, Um, yeah, playing a couple other things, but they're the big ones for me
0: Well, big question on that before we do move on from it Um, does this mean that the progress that you make in this game in terms of levelling up your character can't be carried on into the continuing titles that will eventually, hopefully come later on?
2: I, I honestly the way it's going for me now i don't think it would matter besides your actual level like it could just be a number like they could get my email address and figure out yep. how i finished the game on level whatever and just start the new game with my character at that level maybe with my gear maybe not with my gear i don't know they might do a mass effect kind of you start off you know it's mass effect 2 how they did all of that i don't know but um where it's going it's very linear and like i said I don't think any choices that I've had to make in the game have had any consequence on the story or the world yeah, okay. unless it changes dramatically in the next third of the game. Um, they but where may, I'm at
1: then. They may end up just doing like a Witcher-type approach where when you went into The Witcher 2, it's like, have you played one? Yes. Or even with three, you know, did you do the following in two? And you can simulate a save. It might let you do yeah. the same thing. The levels probably don't even matter.
2: <laughs> no. Well, like I said, I'm playing on an easy and it's really easy on easy, but I still enjoy the combat. I, I, it's enough for me. Like it's enough. I don't, I've, I've experienced the combat in its full on, on the normal difficulty and I feel like, yep, I've experienced it and I'm happy to just kind of go, get on with the story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. What about cool. you, you Johnny? What have you been playing besides Streets um, of Rage and Warzone? Uh, so-
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Lots of Warzone, and Streets of Rage. They've been my two big games, but... Um, during this the last month or two in lockdown and getting back to work and stuff, I've uh, developed a small eBay addiction and gone small. crazy on retro games.
1: That was a novel's worth of eBay purchases you threw up on my screen. That, that was impressive.
0: I yeah, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with that, actually. I keep on adding things to the list and just going on, on my wish list and then go, oh, you know what, I'll buy that one today. And the next day... You know what? It's been a day. I'll buy that one. It's, it was horrible. shopping
2: list, not a wish list. Shopping list.
0: <laughs> well, would, exactly. Somehow, I've ended up with every Soul Caliber game except for three because it was PS2 only, and I did no characters or not that I was interested in. I've barely played them, but I ended up with all of them. Um, I ended up with all the micro machines on Mega Drive, despite nice. the fact that I owned three of them already. I was after the fourth one, and this was a nice, easy way to get it. and Maybe I'll. Just do something with the spare ones later. We'll figure it out. And uh, and I had a weird weird craving to play Star Trek games on the Xbox. So I picked up some old Star Trek games on Xbox and been playing those. Um, but, but all that being said and done, um, there was something else I was going to talk about. Oh, and Rampage. I got Rampage on the Master System. And then Jace was telling me that Rampage World 2 was his old favourite. It was on, on PlayStation, yeah. Um, so, I picked that up in a collection. Um, there's the, the Midway collection on the original Xbox that I picked up a copy of to play World Tour. And I had still quite a love bit of fun.
2: Playing Rampage at the arcade was brilliant. Was. Yeah,
0: well, this is the arcade one. So, it, yeah, it was a lot, a lot of fun. Game. Really good. But um, I wanted to talk about two things quickly before we sort of finish up this episode. The first one was did either of you guys play? It was a game that was including games with gold, I think maybe two months ago now, maybe three, um, called uh, Toybox Turbos. No. Is
2: that a very old Xbox 360 game?
0: Yeah, it was or an Xbox it- 360 arcade game. Yeah, I, I never looked at it day. back at the time.
2: You yeah, did? I played okay. it back in the day.
0: What does it remind you of? It's
2: like a Mario Kart-esque sort of game, right?
0: It sounds it's sounds like machines. Micro Machines, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, is- that's the one. Yes, yes.
0: It's it's not just Micro Machines. It's made by the it same developers. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's Codemasters. Yeah. Obviously, the license to Micro Machines at the time was in limbo because of, um, well, Hasbro now owns it because they brought up Galoob. And they've since licensed it again, which is yeah. why we have Micro Machines games again, which are crap. But this even one... The logo,
2: even the logo is similar.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I
2: remember Lots that. I just
0: looked it up on my screen. Yeah, so that was a good game. So, yeah, I was playing it. It was fun. I mean, it doesn't bring anything new, but it's um, no. a, a nice third-party one. Um, and then the other thing that I'm really excited about at the moment, but I can't play because it got released today, but I don't have a Windows PC currently, is Command & Conquer Remastered. I don't know if you guys have even looked into what EA did to try and remaster this game, but wow, bring it on. It's the first Command & Conquer, so, which is retroactively being called Tiberian Dawn. And uh, it's also Red Alert 1. But the cool thing is they've, they've had to use Codex to try and at least remaster the video because they couldn't find the original tapes. And there's a whole documentary on that online that you can look at. They've um, gotten the original uh, composer for the music to come in and re-record it with his band. So you've got the ability to play the original music from the original game as well as this new remastered music as well as tracks that were never released. I love when games God. do that. That's so cool. This game is epic. And not only this, so this is my favorite piece so far. Something that I'd probably never delve into, but I really like the passion behind it, is that EA are releasing the code to um, the fan base so that they can make their own mods. And that's something EA just doesn't do these days. EA, look at them go.
1: <laughs> I know. The,
0: does, the, still, does Westwood even exist anymore? No.
1: What? Um
0: but they actually found, that they, there's a development studio, and I'm their name escapes me right now, but um, that was formed by quite a few old Westwood members, and EA actually got them involved in helping remaster some of this. So this is a love letter to Command & Conquer, which is something I didn't think would happen after the last few years, especially when you look at the mobile games that they put out and the online games that were just absolute rubbish um, to the go ahead and remaster one, it no it was, was it was crap it was crap
2: it was all right <laughs> no, i didn't mind no. that i played that for a, no for a i played months. it
0: once it was garbage <laughs> no i didn't
2: mind it i was right. i maybe because I, I was beating you when i played it maybe johnny that's why i didn't like it it was me that was destroying no.
1: you this no. this may be a sign of things to come right ea have a lot of negative press and they're known as the sort of big evil company in gaming as is i guess to a degree activision um you know, but the interesting thing is that we're we're in a world now where subscription-based gaming is becoming the new norm, and I really yeah. sort of feel like Xbox have 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 made that a bigger thing. It's shown that it can be incredibly profitable, and you know, Xbox ah. are sort of putting all their eggs in that basket now, which is great. But yeah. to to that degree, um, Origin uh, has their own subscription model, and there's a yeah. basic plan and a premium plan, and apparently the premium plan just isn't really worth it. But the basic plan has no. a lot going for it. And EA make a lot of games that are essentially the same as last year. Most of them are sports titles. Um, yep. But uh, now moving into a into a subscription based platform, where, where they're finding some success in that, you know, it's not so bad when you're paying this subscription fee every month and uh, month. And essentially, it's just updating the roster. So, so what I hope is that they'll do more games like this. They've got EA has yeah. such a fantastic back catalogue of titles that they can redo. Um, and you know, especially some of the older bullfrog games and things like that. You know, you've yes. got your, your theme hospitals, your theme parks, and so on. Oh, um, um, bring me back the Strike series as well. Absolutely, and and it's not it's not hard for them to bring that sort of stuff back. Uh, and and now when you know they're just there's just a subscription based platform, and they're not trying to churn out and make a ninety another ninety bucks off you for the same recycled stuff. Yeah. Uh, this might bring people in and make them subscribe to the platform, and and means that they'll actually be making games that are worth playing. <laughs>
2: I, I gotta say with EA Access for the last two years over Christmas when I've been off work, I've actually got a month's subscription. Just just for the month and played yeah. um Mirror's Edge was the big one that I wanted to try the first time. And then I thought, I oh, might as well do this the next year as well. So I mm. did. And you know, cheap way to just have a go at some games that I wouldn't pick up otherwise.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, I think Sega in the last couple of years have really shown that um I agree with the subscription model. And I'm, you know, what I'm Game Pass Ultimate. I love it. And I didn't expect to start my own subscription, but I, you know, how much I love retro games. And the fact that people like Sega are pumping out retro games that homage the original game, but bring something new to the platform. Mm. I think if EA was to do that with some of their classic titles, like Jace was saying, so, you know, stuff like Syndicate from Bullfrog and um, the good old Strike series and bring them back where they, you know, pay homage to the original game, but bring some new stuff to the platform. Oh, bring it on! Yeah. Well, nice catching up with you guys. Uh, two days awesome. in a row. This is fantastic. Um, rare treat. Thank you to our listeners. Exactly, definitely rare treat. And to all our listeners who have hung on with us in these uncertain times over the last year and a half, as we've podcasted intermittently. Thank you very much. This has been another awesome episode of Versus Player. You can find us in the usual places like Pocket Cast, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, Apple Podcasts, and, of course, you can find us on versusplayer.com. Reach out to us if you've got anything interesting to say, and, as always, have some fun with games. I'm trying to make up something, but that didn't work. That was a good one. Yeah, no, I'm good <laughs> that, that was one. good. I like it. What <laughs> no, else?
2: No, thanks. That's, that's, that was perfect. See you next time. Versus <laughs>
1: Player.